Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, it will stand. We find in 2 Samuel 17, Absalom rebelling, Ahithophel being a traitor, and Hushai being a true friend. But what really matters in the end is if you are aligned with the true king, and ultimately the true king is Jesus Christ, the greater David. We're going to see more about the counsel of the Lord standing forever in 2 Samuel 17 today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. My lead of this sermon was going to go back to The Wizard of Oz, that great (laughs) theological movie, when the question is asked of the scarecrow, how is it that you talk if you have no brain? He goes, well, there's an awful lot of people talking these days that have no brains. (laughs) Anyway, but I, I didn't think that would be a great opening line, so... Behold, he is now, your dad, tactically brilliant. Everybody's come against your dad. You know what happens to them. He's probably hidden himself in one of the caves. You can talk to Saul about that uh, if, if you get to see Saul, right? Or in another place. And it will be when he falls on them at the first attack that whoever hears it will say, there has been a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. He's like a He's like a mama bear robbed of her cubs. And by the way, your dad knows how to stay in caves with his men and he'll ambush one of your, one of your teams. And when he ambushes them, word will get to the rest of your troops and everybody will lose heart because they'll say it's impossible to take on David. 10. And even the one who is valiant, whose heart is like a heart of a lion, will completely lose heart for all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man and those who are with him are valiant men. Your dad took down Goliath. Your dad was able to deal with Saul against incredible odds. This is not good. And he provides an alternative plan. But I counsel that all Israel be surely gathered to you. Picture this, Absalom. All of Israel will come to you from Dan, the farthest northern border, to Beersheba in the south. The whole nation, they'll come to you like the sand that is by the sea in abundance. That's the promise given to Abraham. Your descendants will be as the sand of the seashore. And then you can personally lead the army in battle. You see Absalom picturing it now. All the people, not just 12,000 with Ahithophel leading them, all the people come to me, My favorite subject, me, myself, and I, as he combed his long hair. (laughs) Pick some broccoli out of his teeth. Boy, this is sounding better and better. I'll lead the army. Yeah, you can personally go into battle. All the people will come to you. So we shall come to him in one of the places. After all this happens, we'll find him. We'll find your dad. We'll fall on him as the dew falls on the ground, Twelve. And of him and of the men who are with him, not even one of them will be left. Ahithophel's plan is just to take your dad out. We'll take everybody out. And if he withdraws into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city. We will drag it into the valley until not even a small stone is found there. We'll completely destroy everything and you'll be leading the army with the torch, Absalom, shining your face, your beautiful face. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, 
the counsel of Hushai the Archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. You know, my dad and his guys, they are bad dudes. We need more reinforcements. And me leading the army sounds much better than Ahithophel. And so he said, the council's good. I don't know if Ahithophel was in the room in the corner going, rats, double rats. <laughs> or if he was taken out of the room. But look at verse 14, middle of the verse. This is the key. For the Lord, that's Yahweh, had ordained or determined to thwart the counsel of Ahithophel in order that the Lord might bring calamity on Absalom. When Absalom said yes to Hushai's plan, he was sealing his own death warrant. But who was behind it? The Lord. The Lord was the one who used Hushai to thwart Ahithophel's plan. And if Absalom would have followed Ahithophel's plan, it probably would have worked. But the Lord wouldn't allow it because God had uh, ordained David to be the king. And Ahithophel blew with the wind of advice. God, the master planner, answered David's prayer. Please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. If you look at Ahithophel's plan, it sounds good. It sounds right. Let's do it now. Let's zero in on just David and take him out. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with the head and everybody else will feel weakened. But God used this vehicle of Hushai. God uses people to accomplish his plan. And then Hushai said to Zadok, to Abiathar, these are the priests that went back with the ark. David said, take the ark back. They were also on David's side. And he got word to them. He said, this is what Ahithophel counseled Absalom and the elders of Israel. This is what I have counseled. Now, he gave them a quick summation. These guys were on David's side. He said, look, this is how the meeting went. Ahithophel said this. I said this. But I don't know about this boy. If he may change his mind, he tends to blow with the wind. In fact, his hair was blowing a little bit as he was sitting there listening to us. Right? I don't know what's going to happen. So he got word to the priest. And the priest, he says, Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Do not spend the night at the fords of the wilderness, but by all means cross over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be destroyed. Get word to David. Now Jonathan and Ahamaz, they were the sons of the priests, were staying at En-Rogel. And a maidservant would go and tell them. She was in the, the palace there, and she was part of the spy network that David had set up. They would go and tell King David for they could not be seen entering the city. So Jonathan and Amhamaz were at Enrogel. They were near a well. It's called the Fountain of the Traveler, or it could mean the Well of the Spy, Enrogel. So they were positioned there, and this servant girl, probably under the pretense of going to get water at the well, would hear from the priest on David's side, from Hushai, then the priest. She got word. She would run off. The sons of the priest were by the well, and you say, this is what they said. And then, no, it would have been much easier if you could text in those days, right? All that we could text. But they didn't have that. So they had to use messengers. So here's what happened. The maidservant would go and she would tell. But a lad did see them, 18, and told Absalom, saw the, the two sons of the priest. 
So the two of them departed quickly and came to the house of a man in Baharim who had a well in his courtyard and they went down into it. So here's a quick summation. The whole story and all the details are not told, but some young man saw the, the priest's sons there and went, why are they there outside the city ducking behind that well? <laughs> it looks a little suspicious. He snapped a couple of photographs, right? He got word and they went, uh-oh, we've been exposed. We've been found out. So they went running off and they went to this area called Baharim and they found a sympathizer of David. He had a well in his courtyard and they went down into the well. This uh, image here is a picture of a well and they went down there to hide in it. Psalm 32, seven says, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance, Selah. And the woman, the woman of the house there where they hid, took a covering and spread it over the well's mouth, scattered grain on it. It just looked like a place to dry grain in the sun so that nothing was known. Now, can you imagine you're these two guys, you're part of David's critical spy network. If you get found out, the whole thing is in shambles. Can you imagine being down in that well, <laughs> trying to be as quiet, feel a sneeze coming on? <laughs> right? I mean, there's pressure. And Absalom's servants came to the woman. So now search parties go out. They've, the locals probably said, hey, we saw them go into the courtyard. They came to the woman. The man of the house was gone or maybe left to make things look normal and said, where are Ahamaz and Jonathan? Now, if you're the woman, what's the correct answer to that question? They're in the well right there underneath the, the seeds that are drying there. Just lift that up. You'll see them there, right? The woman said to them, they have crossed the brook of water. And when they searched and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. Where are these two young men? Tell us now. And the woman said, oh, they went that away. <laughs> Is it right to be deceptive in certain circumstances? Well, I'll give you an example. In Nazi Germany, when people... Nazis knocked on the door and said, are you hiding any Jews here? The proper answer is no. There's a higher good, a higher law. In the book of Exodus, same thing. They, they deceive the Pharaoh because they don't want the male babies to be killed. So there's the higher law. Now, don't use this as an excuse to be deceptive in your life. Just to be, this is not what it's talking about. It's talking about there was a higher good to protect God's king. And so she said, they went that away. And there's nothing in here that says she did something wrong. It was a positive thing to throw them off the trail. And so they searched around and they couldn't find them. And so, uh, what verse did I leave off at? And it came about, 21, after they had departed, that they came up out of the well. The coast was clear. They went and told King David, and they said to David, Arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus Ahithophel has counseled against you. They got to David, very abridged story, very uh, narrowly focused. And David and all the people who were with him arose. They crossed the Jordan. And by dawn, not even one, of, one remained who had not crossed the Jordan. And so in the darkness... And the rushing water of the Jordan River, 
they crossed over and they saved Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Hey, I want to tell you something that's exciting happening here at the church. We have a college that we've started. We offer a two-year diploma in Christian apologetics and theology. We have two exciting classes coming up with great instructors. It's Hidden Riches of Church History from the Resurrection to the Reformation. And we have a class on Christian philosophy. How do we know what truth is? We're going to look at epistemology and some other subjects like that. Are you a working adult? Have you just graduated from high school and looking to go deeper in your faith? The tuition is very low and the instruction is excellent. And the classes start in July. Are you interested? Do you want to go deeper in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to give answers for the hope that you have in the public square? Well, check it out today. It's thetruthacademy.com, thetruthacademy.com. Sign up today, find out all the information, and get equipped. God bless you. In Nazi Germany, when people, Nazis knocked on the door and said, are you hiding any Jews here? The proper answer is no. There's a higher good, a higher law. In the book of Exodus, same thing. They they deceive the Pharaoh because they don't want the male babies to be killed. So there's the higher law. Now, don't use this as an excuse to be deceptive in your life. Just to be, This is not what it's talking about. It's talking about there was a higher good to protect God's king. And so she said they went that away. And there's nothing in here that says she did something wrong. It was a positive thing to throw them off the trail. And so they searched around and they couldn't find them. And so, uh, what verse did I leave off at? And it came about, 21, after they had departed, that they came up out of the well. The coast was clear. They went and told King David, and they said to David, Arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus Ahithophel has counseled against you. They got to David, very abridged story, very uh, narrowly focused. And David and all the people who were with him arose. They crossed the Jordan, and by dawn, not even one one remained who had not crossed the Jordan. And so, in the darkness... And the rushing water of the Jordan River, they crossed over into safety. Now, when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey. He arose and went to his home, to his city. It's the city of Gilo. You can write 1512, 2 Samuel 1512. He set his house in order and he strangled himself. And thus he died and was buried in the grave of his father. Sadly, when Ahithophel, the brother of fools, heard that Absalom did not follow his counsel right away, he went and committed suicide. The Bible has uh, several cases like this where someone committed suicide. And it is a very sad and tragic thing when someone decides to do this. And we don't, you know, when, when we hear stories like this, Robin Williams is one that comes to mind And uh, it's in the recent past. It's just a very sad thing. And it's hard for us to know all the angles and all the things that are going on there. But Ahithophel, who was a wise man, and you might assume even a godly man, at least at one point, he thought the only way out 
is to kill himself because he figured if David got back into the throne, he was in deep trouble anyway. And there are striking parallels between Ahithophel and another man who betrayed the greater David a thousand years later, and his name was Judas. And the same psalm, Psalm 41.9, that's applied to Ahithophel is also applied to Judas a thousand years later. And Judas tried to give the money back. Look, Ahithophel's reasons may have been more noble. Ahithophel was trying to get David back for something he had done wrong. What was Judas's motive? It seems to be money. He stole out of the money box, we're told in the Gospel of John. He did get money for giving the information. But then he took the money and what? And threw it down and said, I betrayed innocent blood. The money meant nothing to him. Can I say to you, material things are all going to decay. What's most important about you is your soul. What will it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? Jesus said that. Ahithophel, on a silly mission of revenge, came to a bitter end. And David came to Mahanaim, 24. And Absalom crossed the Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. Now, whose plan is Absalom now following? Hushai's. He's leading a group of men I don't know what the timing is here. He crosses the Jordan where David went and he's gonna go and try to settle up with his dad. Can you imagine if Absalom pulled a sword and he and his dad had to square off? We have fighting within a family. Do you know the commander we're about to read about ends up being David's nephew? We have David's son trying to steal his throne. David's nephew leading Absalom's army who happens to be a cousin of Joab. Joab is the commander of, of David's army. This is fighting within a family. I know it's shocking to you all because I know none of your families probably ever have any problems getting along. But you know, when you peel back the veil here, it's sad. These are family members trying to kill one another. And Absalom comes Pursuing David, and he comes to a place called Mahanaim. I want you to just note, and we're going to end our time together, that Mahanaim is a very important place in Genesis 32. We'll come back to that. Absalom set Amasa, that's David's nephew, Joab's cousin, 25, over the army in place of Joab. Now, Amasa was the son of a man whose name was Ithra, the Israelite, who went uh, into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zuriah, Joab's mother. And Israel and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. Now, when David had come to Mahanaim, Shobi, the son of Nahash, from Rabbah, of the sons of Ammon, Makir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar, and Godzilla, I'm sorry, Bar <laughs> that's a very bad joke, I'm so sorry. And Barzillai, that's a type of pasta. I, no, it's not. Anyway, the Gileadite from Rogelum, that helps your hair grow right there. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Brought beds, basins, pottery, wheat, flour, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, parched seeds, honey, curds, sheep, cheese of the herd for David and for the people who were 
with them to eat, for they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, Psalm 23, 5. Can you imagine how, I mean, there were still people supporting David, and it was awesome. Now, I want you to turn to Genesis 32, and we're done. Genesis 32. So there was a man earlier in the, the life of Israel whose name was Jacob. His name means conniver or supplanter or heel catcher. He'd been wrestling with God and man his whole life. He stole his brother's birthright and blessing, manipulated his way, but then he ran into a man who was his match. It was his uncle Laban. And he saw himself and his uncle Laban, and he had to serve his uncle Laban for 20 years, and his uncle switched brides on him one night. That's very inconvenient, right? Just a lot of things went on. Finally, he was able to break the chains of his uncle, and he moved on. And he got word that Esau, his brother, that he had done wrong 20 years earlier, was on the move. And he was trying to give terms of peace to Esau, but the last discussion was Esau's going to revenge himself, avenge himself on you. He's not going to rest until you're dead. And he sent some gifts ahead, and he got word from one of his messengers that Esau is coming, and 400 men are with him. And Jacob had his wives and his children and his animals, and he had come to this location of Mahanaim. Look at Genesis 32.1. Now, as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him. And Jacob said when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named that place Mahanaim. Now, Mahanaim literally means two camps. It seems that it was a camp of angels and Jacob. Just like the Lord was helped by angels in Mark 1.13 and Luke 22, an angel strengthened him in his temptation. So Jacob has these angels with him. And he was distressed. And finally, he pushed everybody to the other side of the brook and he prayed to God. He said, please protect me and my family from Esau. And he, he split the camps so that if they won after one, then maybe the other would survive. And he was having a restless night and he couldn't sleep. And he was in the camp all alone. And all of a sudden, somebody showed up and grabbed his shoulder. <laughs> and he went, wow! Can you imagine? You can't sleep and someone grabs you. And it says that a man showed up in the camp and they began some Old Testament MMA. All right, how many of you watch MMA? I, I don't necessarily enjoy it because they try to just choke people out. But I understand, I've seen it a few times, I understand that the point of MMA is to get your opponent into a position of submission. Amen? Is that correct? And so... Jacob began grappling with this mystery visitor and up and down and down and up. And, and Jacob was tough. And at some point during the grappling, the mystery visitor touched Jacob in the thigh. Zoop. Ah! <laughs> and he never walked the same again. And the man, in quotes, said to Jacob, let me go, the, the 
Dawn of day is going to break. And Jacob said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And there's a commentary on this from Hosea 12 that says he was crying and pleading with the mystery visitor. I'm not letting go until you bless me. Because Jacob was between a rock and a hard place. And he literally wrestled with God. Can I ask you, are you wrestling with God? And I think the mystery visitor says something like this. You've been wrestling with people your whole life, with your brother, with your mom, with your dad, with your uncle. Okay, ding, ding, time to wrestle with me. Because you've been doing that too. Let's see how it works out. And dust flew and sweat. I don't even know how long it went on. And finally, zoop, Jacob was zapped. And he never walked the same again. But he said, I'm not letting go. Because do you know what Jacob was facing? the trial of his life. He, he didn't know if he was going to survive the night. Esau was coming with 400 men. He imagined the worst. And God showed up with a camp of angels. And he renamed Jacob that night. Look at verse 28 of Genesis 32. He said, 26, he says, I'm not letting go unless you bless me. He said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Now, I want to say to you that Jacob actually prevailed by losing. He didn't win the fight. <laughs> he got his hip out of joint. This mystery visitor could have done away with him in a microsecond. In fact, Jacob knew that he was wrestling with God. And that night, he was renamed into Israel. Now, with all the talk about what Israel means, governed by God, you've probably heard before, the name Israel, according to James Montgomery Boyce, and I think he's on really good ground here, and he's now with the Lord, believes the name Israel means God prevails. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. Where's David in Mahanaim? What do you think David's doing right now? Probably wrestling with God. You said someone's going to sit on the throne. You, you said this. Here comes Absalom. Here, my son's coming against me. What's going to happen? And look, you may have had some restless nights lately. And maybe you've been questioning the promises of God. And maybe you've been asking, Lord, I don't know if you're going to be true to your word. Can I say to you? Just get on board with God's will because his will will prevail. Hey, listening family, I want to tell you a little bit more about the store at walkintruth.com and I'd like to highlight a teaching we have up there. It's called The Anatomy of a Fall and it's from 2 Samuel 11 and 12. How can we keep from falling to sexual sin in a culture like ours? Well, we've tackled this and put it on the radio recently. I know you can benefit from it. You can also pass it along to a friend. It's available in CD and DVD format. And you go to walkintruth.com, click on the store. And when you purchase a product, you are partnering with us to help us reach more people like you. When you buy something, it goes directly to paying for radio airtime. So walkintruth.com, click on the store and look for the anatomy of a fall. Purchase it, pass it along to somebody else, and you'll be partnering with this radio ministry. We appreciate it. God bless you, and we'll catch you next time on Walk in Truth.
Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.